Hey Toy Family, welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. And Teresa, once again, guess who's not available? I know, but he has a good excuse. George isn't here, but he's actually in Las Vegas for a licensing expo, right? That's correct. But he doesn't seem to realize that the listeners need a beard update. But seriously, we, we do miss George, and I know our listeners definitely do, too. We miss you, George. I really hope he starts coming back on the regular, because it's, it's like he'll uh, pop in every now and again lately. So, yeah. But yeah, long time no talk to you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, what, an entire maybe 12 hours, maybe less than that. We were just together at Five Points Fast out there in Brooklyn, New York, and yeah, we spent, what, three days together. Now we're back at home. You're back in Kentucky. I'm back here in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, we decided to jump on and do our record about two days early while Five Points Fest is fresh in our minds. Yep. So I guess let's wrap up the weekend. We were at Five Points Fest in Brooklyn, New York, and then also the Designer Toy Awards on that Saturday night. And where should we start? Good question. Do you want to start with the Friday before real quick? Okay. So... um I actually flew in Thursday, and uh, the reason I did so, one, to help try to alleviate some of the stress because I dealt with a lot of travel woes last year, but also because there was a show at My Plastic Heart Friday night um, called Beasts in the Lower East, and it was a Shoko Nagasawa show um, with Byron, Seedless, and um, paintings and stuff that she did, but I wanted to check it out, so... Yeah, that was our Friday night. Um, I was really excited because I got to do the whole collector sort of experience. So there was a 1 p.m. ticket line where you could line up early to get a ticket for your spot in line to purchase. So I lined up two hours beforehand, and I was about number 20 in line, I think. So uh, it was well worth it for me. Yeah, not bad at all, and it was fun. I got to hang out and chat with everyone in line, and For me, it was really exciting because I typically, being here in Kentucky, don't have a chance to go to a lot of those shows. I kind of just watch online all sad. I'm like, oh, I wish I could be there. So it was really exciting to get to do the whole experience. Yeah, so I arrived that Friday afternoon, the day after you, and you had already done the line thing. So how it works is you go at 1 p.m. to the gallery, you pick up your ticket, and then you're free to go. The show actually doesn't start until 7, so that ticket holds your place in line. So you had some time, you killed some time walking around Manhattan, I guess, and then you caught the subway back and met me back in Brooklyn, and then we hopped on the subway again and headed back to My Plastic Heart. And you introduced me on the way to My Plastic Heart, Anyone who's been listening to the show for any amount of time, everyone knows the one thing that you truly love, besides cute toys, is empanadas. <laughs> All about yes. the empanadas. Every time you go to Five Points Festival, you're hoping they have the empanada truck there at the event. But uh, I've actually never had one, so on the way walking to My Plastic Heart, you said there's an empanada place over here. Let's go try that. And wow, you were right. They were awesome. See? So anyone wondering, the place is called Empanada's Mama, and uh, it's super close within walking distance of my plastic heart. So if you're ever wanting to check them out when you're in town, definitely hit it up. But yes, they're freaking delicious. And uh, yeah, and I know you were you were more there for the experience when we headed over 
to the show. I was there to, to buy. You were there, I think, just to kind of hang out and chat before we all headed No, up. I was originally wanting to go there to buy stuff, but my plane landed at 2 p.m. and the line for the tickets was at 1, so I didn't end up getting a ticket, so I just went there with you. And then, But there were so many great people in line that I chatted with. I just stayed outside and talked to everybody in line and yeah. met so many great people, so many great collectors. Uh, you guys know who you are. I don't want to mention names in case I forget anybody, but, but I had a lot of fun just hanging out and talking to everybody, and my plastic heart hosted a great event. Yeah, no, it went well. I mean, there was the ability to buy customs and paintings. They had a little uh, kind of retrospective on the wall, so you could see all the different variations of Byron's that had been released over time. And then she did a live painting and a signing, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, started out kind of with a sort of a pre-five-point kickoff event, and I still can't believe you made me come over to Brooklyn to get you to help you get across the subway. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't, tr- I'm used, I'm great with directions. In a car, if I've been somewhere once, I know how to get there. In walking around, I'm the same way. I don't get lost in that regard. But for some reason, the subway system there does not interest me. It, it's, it's confusing. I don't like it. I don't trust myself to hit the correct stop. I just don't like it. And you navigate the subway system great. Well, but it's on like the other side of the coin... Not- you're terrible direction in any every other aspect. You don't know where you are at the convention hall. You don't know where you are in the neighborhood. You get lost just walking down the street to a McDonald's that's just around the corner. So we're like flip-flops. So we balance each other out in that regard. We do. Oh, my gosh. I, the subway, it's, everyone's always like, just grab an Uber, just grab a taxi. It's like, no, I got my own two feet, and the subway is super cheap. Like, it's really not too hard. I think the, the trickiest part is – since the event is in Brooklyn, the subway system kind of stops. It's not, it's much more spread out. So you can't utilize it as easily, but it's like, just take the subway. But you were all like, Hey, come help me. I was like, you would, you know, I could just stay in Manhattan and hang out, but you're like, I need help. No more again. I was like, Oh my God. So I'm like, okay, yeah. fine. If you I'll didn't come back, back over, I would not have gone to the event. I know. I, I was like, come on, you have to go. So it worked out. You got to try up the not you got to check out the event. We went ahead and uh, with a group of people, some dinner in Manhattan, and kind of kicked off the weekend before we head into the the wonderful Five Points Fest that I'm still kind of a li- little bit on cloud nine from. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Can, can I get sappy for a second? I'm going to get sappy. I love this event, Five Points Festival. I, I'm not going to go out and say this is the best event, but it's definitely probably my favorite. I just, it's still a very small, intimate event. It's when I go out there, you know, we say, hey, Toy Family at the beginning of the episode. And really, this feels like a family reunion for me. It's like, it's just, it's the best of all worlds. Yes. My toy family's there. I love the neighborhood that it's in. I love walking to the event. I love the food in the area. Just the whole atmosphere and the vibe. I just, this event, it just makes me happy. And I just, I'm just so thankful it exists. It's it really has been done a world of wonders for me and this designer toy community. I know there's other great events and other great conventions been like DesignerCon, but DesignerCon is so big and so well attended that all the vendors and stuff, it's hard to form little relationships and talk with people like we can at the more intimate events like a five points. And you know, maybe that'll change over time, but right now it's exactly what I want and enjoy. I've met so many great people through Five Points Fest and even DesignerCon, but 
these events are so important because when we're at home, you know, we got toy blogs and Facebook groups and social media. Like, like that does help fill a void, but there's nothing like attending an event with other toy-minded people and just hanging out with toy enthusiasts that are passionate about toys just as much as you are for an entire weekend. It's just getting that face-to-face time with your toy family. Like it, it really is a family reunion, and I love the fact that these events exist. I, I ditto everything you said. No, I mean, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, oh my gosh. But like, it's so, so true. Cause I, you know, it's, I remember us wrapping up Decon. I was like, I just can't, I can't wait for five points now. And I'm sitting here going like, man, like we were waiting for so long for this event. And I was so excited for it to finally come. And then it's like, it went by in a flash. And it's just like, I had an absolute blast. The lack of sleep and losing my voice and sweating and breaking my feet was all a thousand percent worth it because it's it's just so much fun to just be around everyone and see people and talk and hang out and just feel like I'm where I belong because here in my own little Kentucky hole, like no one, like no one really, most people don't get what I'm doing. They're like, what is this? Like, what are you filling your house with? So yeah, it was an absolute blast. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm already pumped, ready for decon, but yeah, it was a, it was a really, really good weekend. So yeah, man, people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, you're so sappy. But, <laughs> and you know, I think the other thing too, I mean, five points has a special, you know, is special to me because it's how I even got on this podcast. You know, it's officially been two years of me being on the show. Right. I joined Happy two five points. Two years. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. So, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, my first official like co-host episode was the two, the first five points wrap up. And I don't know if I'd even be on here talking to you if I hadn't gone and met you and, and you've been there having a booth. So yeah, it's like, all the stars aligned and now I get to be a part of this awesome community even even more so than I was. So mm-hmm. yes. But let's let's start with the craziness that was my Friday or sorry, my Saturday morning because I obviously buy a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> my list was small. I had a list of <laughs> definite four, I think I had, had four things on my list I wanted. Yours is yeah. significantly larger. It's quite large, and uh, yeah, I will definitely be sharing my haul at some point, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I just love toys, and I love shopping, and my God, I blew my budget out of the water, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I went into Saturday just ready to go, and I was just in that buying zone, and you know, I was hitting up boosts left and right, and I think you've kind of learned at this point, not even to try to stay with me at first, <laughs> Catch you later. Catch you for some lunch is pretty much how I do uh, it. You can you, Gary, but I'm going to go do my thing. And I don't even think we met up till lunch, like 1, 1231. So, I mean, first couple of hours was just me doing my thing. But, um, yeah, I spent a lot. I had to wave you down to borrow some money, though. Right? You, you, I think I did. You, no, you thought you, you – so you actually stood in the Paradise Toy Little Hut booth, which was a crazy line – understandably so because they had some awesome pieces from shoko and causing lung like Laboo and seedless and byron and and they have just fantastic toys but 
uh, yeah, like you were in that line and it was a crazy line. And all of a sudden I see you and you're like, I don't know if I have enough, I have enough cash. I don't know if I have enough cash. I was like, well, I'm I was a like, terrible right, planner. Like, I, I went for only the four toys. And I didn't bring enough cash to account for the things that were going to be there that I didn't expect. So when I lined up at the little hut booth, I'm standing there, I'm going for one toy, but then there's like another holy grail piece. I'm like, no matter what, I need both of these pieces. So I'm starting to get a little toy anxiety waiting in line. I know I don't have enough cash. They only take cash. And I start, I see you and I start like waving you down and yeah. you run over. I'm like, I need you to loan me some money. And yeah. So you were like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so I'm like, all right, I'll awkwardly stay next to you. And I'm like, turn to the people behind him. I was like, I swear I'm not cutting. I'm his bank. <laughs> but it turns out the piece that I wanted, they only brought one of them. It was a Byron Labubu. And so anyone who bought a Kossing Lung toy from the Little Hut booth on Saturday was then automatically entered into a lottery drawing to win that piece on Sunday. Unfortunately, I didn't win. But Teresa, I appreciate you willing to uh, be there and bankroll me if I needed it. Of course. Well, and see, I've I've done these enough at this point that I know cash is king. I'm so one thing, and I think it varies between decon and five points and other events. But a lot of times you can hit get hit with tax with uh, if you pay with card. And so I've learned I'm like I'm going to make this stuff as cheap as possible, right? So I go to the ATM before I fly out, and I I'm not even going to say how much I took out, but I bring a decent chunk of cash so that I'm prepared. But I was there for you to be your little personal ATM. And, and yeah, the lottery at the end of the day, I know that um, they had that as long, along with um, one of the Labubu Rangius collab. And so both of those are being lottery. And I just happened to be to see you standing around that booth again later on. And so I stood and watched the lottery and I was sad you didn't win. So I'm sorry. Story of my life. I have yet to win a lottery. But, um, but yeah, no, I was running around. I obviously, you know, hit up lots of booths. I will say that my one, my one sad moment was, uh, running over to clutter. So, uh, those that, that know me and know I collect know that customs aren't something I tend to buy a lot of, but if I see one, I really, really like, then, um, I try for it. And Beanie Bat, uh, she's a wonderful person. Her name is Robin has been getting into doing various customs. Um, you probably are familiar with seeing a lot of her pieces through Martian toys at the various events they do. She's known for doing a lot of flocking and Yeti figures, but um, she did a really cute Yeti um, five inch dunny in the DTA dunny show. And I was, I saw, I ran up there, saw the price. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. So I go up, I get in line. I'm anxiously waiting. Like, Oh my God, I want this. I want this. And then I get it up there and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's already sold. And I'm like, no, because they hadn't had a chance to go around and put the red dots and everything because obviously it's crazy. But I was like, no. So whoever got it, I really, really hope you enjoy it. And if for some reason you have regrets, by all means, hit me up. But I know there'll be more. So anyway, that was kind of my one like, oh, no. And I'm sure that happens to a lot of people, right? You have to prioritize and figure out where you're going to go first. And sometimes that means missing out on things. And one, the other thing, too, the – Dolly Avlong, man, her booth, it's amazing to me, the evolution of her stuff. Just thinking back to my very first event was at Designer Con. She was there, and it was her very first Designer Con. She was over in, like, Hall C, I think. But I remember, like, going up to her booth, seeing all her stuff, and I stopped by, like, five, six times throughout the weekend, and she always had stock and was, you know, like, she people were buying her pieces, but it was nothing like it is now. Now it's like kind of like almost Chris Raniak level, right? Where you think about people that are big fans and just line up immediately, like first go booth. Dolly has become that 
and it's insane. Like I, I couldn't put her first. I had other things I wanted to look to. And by the time I roll around to her booth, she's got this line, crazy long, little hut style, you know, and I look at, I pass through the line and I look at her and I just kind of shake my head and she laughs and I was like, I'll come over and say hi later. But man, I'm very happy for her, but it's, it's really interesting sometimes to see the evolution of different booths as you go to events and seeing, um, how popularity increases. You think about quicks. And I remember I helped a friend get a quicks piece. And this year I was like, I'm not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, quicks. What a weekend that guy had multiple awards. His auctions did awesome. I mean that it's almost like quicks con, but going yeah. back and talking about just like the evolution of booze. I remember George talking about instinct toys and being at designer con. And it, well, I guess at one point you could walk up to instinct toys at any time and, you know, pick up a toy, but now you need to enter a lottery like a month, a month in advance to, to pick anything up. And I feel like, as far as missing out on things like you did with the custom or the Beanie Bat custom, I missed out on my second hit. Um, I wanted to swing by Mab Gray's booth for a Dino Kitty or a Mobling or something like that, but I missed out by the time I got there 10, 15 minutes after the VIP opening. She was cleaned out on these things, so it's really to get everything you want on your list. It's almost like you need to bring your entire extended family and just span out and just attack, attack everything at once because otherwise, like uh, most of these booths, um, you only got a very small window to obtain what you want. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just part of, it's just part of it. Part of these things. I think it's just understanding your, your main, main want and, and going for that and then doing your best to get other things out. So overall, how did you do at procuring everything that you were hoping to get? Oh my gosh. I did too well. I think Gary, yeah. <laughs> You did pretty good, I, but you almost you know, left with less because you kept forgetting your bags. Oh my gosh, that was so stressful. Well, and you, you had know, a little nor- bit of con brain going on. You had too much in your brain that I, you were putting your bag down and then leaving with without that bag. <laughs> I, I had full on con brain. It was bad, like forgetting people's names and faces, where I was, getting lost, and then yeah, like all of a sudden you'd be like, "Hey, this is at Eric's booth." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I left that. And then I was, yeah, I was leaving bags left and right. I don't know what was up with me. I honestly feel like I still have Conbrain now. I'm all jumbled together. But, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely uh, bought too much. I think uh, it's funny. Every time we talk about these events, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And I definitely was not good at <laughs> this five points. So, but yeah, so other than our, uh, are splurging well I and honestly I think even though you only bought four things to me you full-on splurged compared to your normal yeah yeah I, I mean I kind of did I bought toys that are probably a little more expensive than I usually do and I bought multiples of toys that usually exceed I'm usually in the like under $80 range and almost most of the toys I bought were over the $80 range so um, that's just weird how it pans out and there's always stuff that you go that you're not intending to buy you don't know they're going to be there and you you pick those up as well and Actually, luckily for me, I missed out on those. I learned about those maybe a few hours afterwards. And one of them was something that I saw that uh, Sad Salesman had picked up. He walked over to the 1000 Toys booth. He's pretty much two booths down from that. And it's that uh, Juby Yang Crab Claw, Crab Claw Coon character that looks, the head is basically a crab uh, claw hand and then the little eyes like a crab and cool little thing. And if I had seen that, I absolutely would have dropped money on that as well. So that would have been another 50 bucks I spent. 
And see, when you said crab, I thought you were going to mention. So one of the things I did on Sunday was uh, we were trying to be, I call it being more pressy. Um, I was like, we got to be pressy. We got to go around and show people what's what. But um, so we were going around and trying to do different live videos. And we thought we'd do a walkthrough. And of course, we tried to help out Eric's had salesman and we're 20 minutes or so in and you're like, I got to go give him a bathroom break. You said potty break, like like, a, like you're talking to your child, but uh, I'm dead. We want to. But yeah, so you go off to relieve Eric and leave me, and I end up going for like an hour or so longer. But during the live, one of the booths had like a little, a cute little crab with his claws up, but it could be used to hold a pen. Is that the one Naughty Rabbit picked up? Uh, I'm not sure. I know that um, Seed Arts picked it up, but um, it's just it's a cute little crab, and it's got its claws poised up so it can hold things. And actually, I'm kind of, I remember seeing it. One thing that's cool about doing the live and going around is you're seeing lots of stuff, but the, the hard thing about it is I feel like I can't stop and buy. <laughs> or like, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, hold on, let me buy this thing. But, Probably a good thing. But, um, but yeah, it was super cute. I thought you were going to say that thing. So, but yeah, um, I think obviously a big part of it for me was purchasing, but um, I had a lot of fun, you know, meeting some new people, but also seeing um, some really cool previews of things that are getting going to be made soon i don't know do we want to kind of walk through some of the different prototypes that were at the show you are completely skipping the live video thing though you i mean well being there listeners don't understand that being there as press you're supposed to be covering the event but you and i are also collectors so being there it's really hard to juggle the two it is we had planned giveaways like we brought toys with us to take pictures and say, hey, find us on the floor. You can win this and grab that. We had all these big plans, but then we get... We did. When you and I are walking the floor, we, we tend to get stopped every few booths or something, and we do, you know, stop and chat, and you lose track of time and all that. So uh, we didn't get to do the, you know, giveaways and scavenger hunts and stuff like we planned, but the fact that you even got to do the live video for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever is pretty shocking because... Uh, well, maybe not, because when you're walking around with a camera and people think that you're live videoing, it's kind of like cockroaches, you know, when they see a light on. Everyone just kind of scurries and dodges and doesn't want to be on camera. So in that regard, I see how you were able to do it. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And honestly, in general, I feel like and that's maybe probably why it feels like it just flies by, because as you go to more and more events and by doing this podcast and stuff, the more and more people you know. So I feel like there's so many people to say hi to. And even with all the talking I did, I, there's still people I'm like, oh, I didn't get to see or talk to them enough. So, yeah, it, it's really, really hard to navigate being a collector, being just friends, being on the podcast. It's a lot to try and juggle. So I was really glad I did the live. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. By the end of it, I my phone died. I was and sweating my butt off. you not happy about that, by the way. You, oh my you God. finally found me on the floor. You thought I had, one, ditched you, and two, <laughs> you were mad that your phone died. And I don't know why I got blamed for that. It was just, oh, because I was like, oh, you left me, and I didn't know if I should keep going. And I was like, screw it, I'll just do this whole thing. And the, the thing I was more mad about, and I think I was just pushing my frustrations on you, because why not? You're, you'll, you'll deal with it. But, I'm a good punching uh, bag. <laughs> yeah, you're a very good punching bag for me. But no, I was bummed because I have this really good power charger, like an external charger, but the uh, cord it comes with doesn't fit my phone. There's a little attachment I need and I left it at home. And so I needed to make sure I was swapping the charger, my base charger for my phone, the cord for that with the other one. And I left that cord at my hotel room 
So I had no way to just plug my phone and charge. So I was freaking out because I was like, I need my phone. I want to take pictures. I need to do this. And here it is. And it's on 2%. And I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? And I'm sweaty and I'm losing my voice. I'm just like, ah. But luckily, Naughty Rabbit Elizabeth saved the day. Thank you, Elizabeth. Talking about saving the day for cell phones, I also had a savior. My here with my cell phone, my my cell phone has a tough time charging, and uh, Xavier in Prime Me Trust was one of my roommates, and uh, he came to my rescue. He realized, I bet apparently it was just a gunked up um, charge port, so he cleaned it out, and next thing you know, it was it uh, started charging fine. But before that, man, well, and you gotta tell people how you were charging your phone prior to this oh, because. <laughs> Prior to this, I have an iPhone, and for probably the last six months, what I do is I take the plug, and I jam it into the uh, battery port as hard as I can, at an angle, and then I set a jar of pennies on top of it with the cord resting on, like, my wallet or something. That's the only way it would charge. That was it. And it had I just think perfect... that's <laughs> You've been doing that for, like, months, right? Yeah, for months I've been living with it like that. Yeah, and I can attest, there was, your phone was dying. I'm like, I got a charger block if you have your cord. But I'm seeing you sit there <laughs> trying to like jam the plug in, angle it right. I'm like, you are crazy. I'm like, go to the Apple store. And he said the same thing. He's like, Apple store has a little doohickey they can stick in there. So I'm like, get your, okay, now you've, he's helped you out a little bit. But your goal now is to take it to the Apple store and have them get it all nice and clean. So you never have to do your crazy charging thing again. No, I'll, I'll do that this week. But I, I should probably mention that Xavier was my hero more than the one time and in, in a much more significant way because myself and four other guys were staying at an Airbnb uh, maybe about two blocks away from the event. And to describe the place, it's a three-story townhouse. But inside, the staircases inside were not up to code, like super dangerous and scary staircases. White painted wood, no handrails, no wall, like it was just completely open to the room. So if anyone was to be drunk or slip and fall, they would seriously get hurt uh, in this place. Well, and you did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. Almost. I didn't. So what was it? Sunday morning, I woke up. And I was coming down the stairs in my socks. And anyone knows if you're wearing smooth socks, it doesn't go well with wood flooring stairs. So I got about down to the third stair from the top. And I, whoop, slipped, landed on my back, and just started going down the stairs. Luckily, uh, Xavier, uh, or in, um, in Prime We Trust, he was there downstairs in the kitchen. And he heard me tumbling down the stairs. So he came running over and like caught me before I fell off the edge. So I could have been seriously injured. That would have been a horrific fall because underneath of that was a bench that I would have landed on and then another set of stairs because it was a three-story. So that could have been horrible. So It really would. You telling me that story because I, you know, I visited the place a few times to hang out with you all, but I wasn't there when that happened, obviously. And you were like, I, I, I fell. And I was like, what do you mean you fell? And at first, I thought you meant you fell from your bed loft, like you rolled out of it or fell down the stairs. But then when you told me it was a staircase, I mean, I don't know if you have a, took a picture of it, but I mean, it is a, I mean, it is full fledged, no railing, nothing. I mean, it is a huge gap. I was like, oh my God, you really could have been hurt. So yeah, thank you, seriously. Xavier, for saving Gary's life. Yes, thank you, Xavier. I love you, buddy. <laughs> But we, people don't want to hear our Airbnb and falling stories, but they probably do because that one's pretty good. 
But uh, so we were talking about your live video and I've only seen up to the part where I was involved with it. So I need to go back and rewatch it. But how was it other than that? Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad I did it. And I think the cool thing about it was I got a chance to meet some new people and see some really cool things that are coming out, especially in a cute category that had me really excited. Like what? Okay, so let's see. Uh, one person I met, sweetheart, uh, was Mumbot. And yeah, she's great, isn't she? She I, is. I, I met her only for the first time. We've had a couple of DM conversations through the um, Marchand page for a while now. But yeah, her stuff is fantastic. And meeting her in person, she's an absolute sweetheart. She is. And um, what's really cool is she's from the U.S., but she's actually currently living in Thailand. So she is you might know her from her character called Shumi. It's like a little Sofubi mushroom. Um, her stuff is in the cute wheelhouse. So, of course, it's it's squee worthy. But I got really excited because at her booth, she had a little prototype of a character of hers called Mossy. And it was this super little adorable kind of rotund mossy looking figure with little things coming off the head like a little mushroom and plants growing off of it obviously a cute little face but i got really really excited because it looks adorable um and what was interesting too though when we were talking to her is apparently in her folklore of of the different characters she's building mossy is quite large uh, kind of like totoro where it's, it's kind of a big figure in relation to human size and show she actually had two different prototypes there a small kind of miniature one and then a larger one and i know you and i were having this big debate about which size to go with and i'm like keep it tiny you're like go big <laughs> so um we actually took a picture and we're gonna post it out there so that you all can help help vote i i kind of feel like it's a new segment idea like ask the community or post the community kind of thing where if people are toying with different choices, maybe we can help post them out there and the community can kind of provide their feedback, whether it's on a colorway to do, which one to pick, a size, which material to produce in, all that kind of stuff. I think it could be a new cool, new cool thing we do. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, another person I met while walking around and doing the live was um, Seed Arts. And uh, this is actually her first five points, I believe. Um, she was over in the Artist Alley kind of section, Gary. Super sweet as well. But um, she does a lot of miniature kind of resins, uh, various animals, but sort of fantasy animals. So, like, she'll put a spin on it, like a two-headed fox, for example. Um but they like all her resins will either glow or they're thermodynamic, so they react to heat or cool. But they're um, the exciting thing is she's working on a new vinyl figure. Um, she had it there to preview. It's called a, a snudge or a snooge, I think. Uh, it's a dragon figure, really cute. Has the hand like that kind of squeeze position, right, Gary, where the little the hands are sitting on the cheeks, kind of making a cute little face, and. Um, it had wings on the back, but down the back were all these various gem shapes. Um, I've got a picture of that I can post as well. But it was really exciting that. And, of course, it was I was seeing it for the first time in the live. And I didn't react with an audible. But my I wish people had seen my face because I did my whole, like, like, <laughs> like. You suck all I went, the oxygen I, out of I, them? Yeah, like, I, I, my, my mouth opened and my eyes went wide. I was like, oh, my God, that's flipping adorable. So. 
that was something she's working on. And I know she's hoping that it's done in the next couple of months. So um, if you want to check out Seed Arts and, and follow that along, uh, I was really excited to see that. So um, what else? What kind of prototypes did you hear or see about on the floor? Oh, um, oh, the one at Martian Toys Booth, the Tara McPherson um, vampire kid. What's his name? Oh, George. George the vampire kid. It's a prototype. It, it was just all painted white. It was a larger figure. I want to say 12 or 10 inches tall. It was more bus style, maybe from the waist up or something, but George was holding two ghost balloons. So this looks like a really nice piece. And Martian Toys, we'll talk about this later in the episode when we talk about the DTAs, but they won a few DTA awards this year. And it looks like they're producing some really nice things at the moment. Yeah, I, I actually didn't see that uh, on the floor or in person, but I did see a photo of it, and um, I really like it. You Normally, I, I don't love busts just because I feel like the toy kind of just ends, and I want to see more. But I feel like the way this done, it's, it's ending more at the waist, so it's not like it's just stopping at the shoulders. You get kind of the full waist view. It's got one of those inset hearts that are pretty typical of Tara where mm-hmm. – kind of like a bleeding heart in the middle and you got the hands coming up holding the ghost. So I think it's really well done. I'm excited based on the photos I've seen. And um, when Vinyl Pulse posted it, they mentioned that the ghosts are going to be done in glow in the dark material. So that'll be pretty cool. Speaking of Martian toys, Gary, there was another piece that Vinyl Pulse posted that I hadn't seen either. It's the piece they're collaborating with the Chung on. It's called What the Effing F. WTF. Yeah. yeah, so I actually remember this painting that they did a year or so ago. It's one of the Chung's characters trying to angrily fit different shapes in kind of one of those kids' play box. But, of course, the, the box has a star and all the other shapes don't match. That one looked cool as well. So, yeah, Martian Toys definitely, we know they've kind of been really getting into production. It doesn't seem like it's going to stop. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure the timing on these. So we'll just have to wait and see. The future is Martian. I think yeah. that's their you know, tagline. It is. And actually, I just had another, I remembered another one I saw during the live. You were actually there with me. It was before you left. But do you remember the Shishi Toy Guardian samples yes. they had at the Tenacious Toys booth? Yeah, I saw those by uh, Big Shot Toy Works. And I saw several of those walking the floor. So they were seemed to be purchased pretty well. And actually, one of my roommates at the Airbnb, I don't know who, but one of them had purchased that too. And it's really, really nice. Yes. So uh, for those that don't know, there's actually going to be a Kickstarter for this Shishi the Toy Guardian. And I think uh, they were just doing kind of a pre-kickoff. They had some single color vinyls they were selling, but then also previews of the different finishes they're going to have through Kickstarter. So they have some of the kind of really cool marble finish. And I think it'd be really fun to get Clem on if we could, Gary, to kind of talk through it some more. But um, obviously what... Kickstarter's running, we can, we can get that going. Yeah. Help them out there. But... Uh, the thing that was really, really exciting for me, and it was a surprise, is along with the the so they they, they had actually multiple sizes. They had the single vinyl color run. The ones that were marble were slightly bigger, but then they had teeny ones. So they had little baby guardians, and one was kind of self-standing with a little toy ball, and then the other was the the guardian kind of playing or hanging onto the ball. But they were I don't know what. What do you think? Two and a half? No, not even. Not, not even? even? Okay. No. Be two inches tall, but 
adorable little teeny versions, and of course, Esqueed. They're adorable. Is that and- all it takes? Because you weren't into the Shishi Toy Guardian like before that. Like it was just too yeah. big of a size. And then you happen to walk by the booth and you, you Squeed, <laughs> and yep. it's all because it's the it. same. It's almost the same dog. It's just it's just shrunk down to a mini size. That's all it takes yeah. for you to it- then get excited. And we've talked about this. I can be very particular. And like, Extremely. I saw Shishi and I liked it. I liked it. I liked the sculpt. I liked the figure. But the size for me was the turnoff. So when I saw it small, that that like sealed the deal. Yeah. But then there's other times where it could be simple as color. Uh, you know, the, the color application I don't like. Uh, it could be the face. You know, we went and walked through at the lie. We were walking through the stain, the strange cat toys booth and you were showing, uh, what is it? Coke, Bobo, Coco. <laughs> so yeah, we were walking around and looking at the different things strange cat had at their booth and you picked up the Bobo and Coco blind box. Instead, that was one of their best sellers. And you're like, uh, you know, that's one of those figures that people wouldn't totally think is my wheelhouse. But the one thing that turns me off is the face because it's kind of meh. Like it, it looks kind of just, there like it doesn't look very happy so it's just it's just i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's just it's it's very little small things that you like i like what i like but uh but yeah so i think that's going to be really fun and i like that there's varied sizes so the people like me who are into the small will have the small and the people into the larger toys they got that too so yeah it's kind of a speaking of the shishi Toy Guardian, the one that's kind of kind of similar, just has a lot of the swirls and the sculpt and stuff, but I got to finally see it in person. It's produced by Pobber Toys. It was a My Plastic Heart exclusive. It's the Baku by Candy Bolton. Yeah. That piece in person. I mean, the photos it looks fantastic, but when you see it in person, it is such an impressive sculpt and very nice piece. Great job, Pobber and Candy. Really nice. Yeah, I agree. That was really cool. I mean, we could go... I feel oh, like yeah. I could go on. I feel but... bad because there's, there's going to be people that we're not going to mention that definitely need to be mentioned. But these are just some of the yeah. I'm just remembering off the top of my head. Well, and yeah, there's a few. So thinking about just prototypes and toys to come, um, I know Travis with UVD Toys, he's actually doing a collaboration with Mike Fudge with a character called Cub. So it's kind of Mike Fudge's bear, kind of an ur- kind of urban sort of style, wearing a backpack. But that one looked really cool. That's a larger piece. And he was also working with Junkyard on this coffin, kind of coffin guy figure. I like that one. So, the coffin's kind of open. Yeah. Up and the guy's coming. yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah, like the, the coffin was the person. So the coffin has arms and legs. But then in the coffin, the, like the figure itself, the, the lid is kind of peeled back. And you see kind of other arms and a face kind of peeking out of it. I think they said later, you know, timing later this year on fall or decon for those. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that to me is part of the fun, right? Is along with seeing all the different toys people are making and selling, you get to see previews of all the stuff that's going to come. So mm-hmm. along with getting to see lots of different prototypes, I think the other thing that's always fun is custom shows because it's just so much more fun and so much better, I think, to be able to see stuff in person. And I think you even learned that with the Beanie Bat piece, seeing that piece physically in front of you it's just that much better than the photos and it can be so it can be so so hard to capture just the detail even like um okay so let me we'll talk through the the different custom shows but so there were three different ones i think there right there was the fractured bloom custom show at strange cat toys booth that was the custom tara mcpherson bloom figures the large 20 inch one skull flowers flowers. sorry 
Not 20 inch, but probably at least 12. Pretty big pieces. And then uh, there's obviously the DTA Dunny shoe at Clutter Booth. And then Martian Toys did the really cool uh, World Cup custom show where they had basically teams formed of all the different countries around the world. And they all submitted customs of the Ana toy figure. And um, they actually think right now voting's going on to determine who wins the wins the cup. That show was massive. So, but what I was getting at is just seeing customs in person. Like one, for example, was the Jellico piece um, at the Fracture Bloom show. And the picture was fantastic, but in person it had some really cool like texturing to it like that effect on the face. Yep. And so it's just always fun to see up close in person, all the different details and kind of get up close. And but yeah, it's always fun to, to walk through and I'm always seeing new artists and new styles. And, and that was actually how I uh, learned about mus muscimus, mus, mus musculus, mus musculus. Yeah. And he is amazing. And his real name is Eric and he goes by mus musculus and he did a couple of custom shows there and uh, I don't know how to describe his style. It's really great. Black line work, really tight line work with some nice colors. Kind of Skinner-esque, but mo- more cartoony. But he is amazing. And he's one of these true customizers in the sense that he loves doing it. He's passionate about it. He wants to do shows. He wants to be participating. And I'm, you know, Teresa, I'm the opposite. I'm like, please don't invite me to another customer show. And please, he, no more. No, no, I don't want to do it. And he's like, oh my God, please. Like, he is bright eyed and eager and just excited and loves doing customs. I mean, this guy is going to explode. He is extremely, extremely talented. And when you're at the show, I saw his two pieces. He did one for the Anna Toy Show and the, um, Dunny show where he did a 20 on 20 and wow he's yeah. good yeah and it's I actually so <clears throat> Eric came over while we were hanging around somewhere and was like he actually came over to say hey and like love the podcast I was like oh that's so sweet and you know we talk about con brain and like I just don't know everyone and and all of a sudden he's talking about doing uh, something in the show and I'm like wait a minute which piece do you do and he was like the, the 20 inch I was like oh my god <laughs> I was like yes okay I know who you are but uh, I actually asked him and he was saying how he kind of does an airbrush layer, but I asked if he does any masking or anything and no, he just does all those strokes by hand, which is insane. And talking about being dedicated to the craft, he said, you know, he cares about the line work and it being really clean. And you can tell he does cause these are really clean customs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was saying how he'd go lay a line and then if he smudged it, he'd airbrush it again and do it again 10 times over until it was, r- until it was right. And so, yeah, kudos. It's it's some really good work and um, definitely worth checking out. He was very, very nice. Super nice. It's super talented. I guess while we're mentioning some customizers for our listeners to be aware of, we both ran into another couple, um, a customizing company, you know, casting and resin and cr- creating stuff. They go by Ghost Fox Toys, and they're out of Texas, and they are phenomenal. Yes. Um, yeah, their names are Michelle Dagato and Gino Yabara, and they're both really, really good. And Gino's custom work he had a dunny on his table that was phenomenal. It was like a bluish purple bat with these 
dismembered arms for the dunny ears so the hands are planted on the head and then the arm looks like it was dismembered around just below the the elbow so you see the bone sticking out but his sculpt work paint work everything is phenomenal i think this guy he's another one like eric who is just super excited bright-eyed eager to take on customs so i think we're going to be seeing him a lot more of him at custom events and i, I wouldn't be surprised if he's invited to more shows just from his uh being on display at uh, five points yeah. Well, and I think the cool thing about Ghost Fox Toys, since they're a couple, is I don't know if it's kind of split work or what, but when you go to their booth, it was kind of the best of both worlds because mm -hmm. the customs were a little like they weren't so cute. Right. They were more. I don't know. I don't even know. Like just just they weren't. It's not what you're into, but it would be right. appeal so, to so many other people. Right. And it's the skill so, level and talent. And then exactly. And so then like Michelle was a little more cutesy. A little cutesy and appealed to you more. Right. So they, it was kind of cool to see kind of a mix of both worlds. They had like some cute little pigeon characters and some were look, made to look like food. So it had like a sprinkle a kind of ice cream, um, like hot fudge kind of coming down its, on its head. But, but yeah, it was kind of fun to see the mix there. So super sweet. And thank you for talking with me. We'll talk more on it. But they, uh, they were talking to me before uh, having to go up on the stage at uh, Designer <laughs> I and know I was jump ahead to talk about that, but we'll, we'll stay on uh, Five Points Festival yeah. a little longer. But it was it was nice to hang out and talk to them and and, and see their stuff. So I think that's the, that's and it's been kind of cool because I don't know, like I've gotten a lot better about talking to people, but I feel like some of those conversations have opened because of the podcast because that's kind of how they were like, hey, we know about you all the podcast and and so by by us doing that, we kind of chatted and got to see their stuff. So yeah, and um. Kind of along the same lines, you know, walking around, I met a uh, slime archetype and, and again, it's just, you know, if like the warm and fuzzies, right. Podcast love and chatting about that and seeing their work too. So it's just exciting. And I, I don't know if we'll be able to talk about anyone and everyone. I, I feel bad if we're missing anyone, but just, <laughs> yeah. So real quick, I do want to mention everyone who took the time to stop us and say hello and give us encouraging words. We absolutely appreciate it. And we love hearing from everyone. And it's great that everyone feels just that we're approachable and I think that helps because we're on the podcast and they get to know us on that level and we're just you know I love that everyone is enjoying the show and thank you so much for taking the time and letting us know so another thing that we saw at five points fest was actually pretty cool this is something that horrible adorables contacted me about collaborating with them on and last year they did a really cool fundraiser with sorbet jungle they made this gigantic croco nana and they offered it up through a fundraiser through gofundme and that raised like $1,000, and all of those proceeds, minus the GoFundMe fees and like a shipping fee, they donated everything, 100%, to a very cool animal wildlife charity called Wildlife Conservation Network. And so this year, they reached out to me, and they wanted to, they wanted to do was use my autumn stag, but do it and, and recreate it in their way that only they can. They recovered it in their, what, what is their style, Teresa? Like a felt scaly style? Yeah, like felt scales. But like not only, they didn't take like an autumn stag of yours and just cover it. No, no they like built the whole darn thing. Yeah, so I gave them the specs. You actually, so my, my house is all packed up, so you actually took photos for them. You measured everything, so you gave them the correct specs. And then from there, they scaled it down 25%. So it's a little bit smaller than the original, but the size, I saw it at Five Points Festival, and the size is so perfect. I almost wish the original one was this size because it's not 
so massive, but it still allows you to display everything on the antlers like the original one did. Yeah, and they did a killer job not only building it to scale. I mean, it looks dead up like yours, but the scale treatment they did and the colors and everything, it looked absolutely fantastic. So uh, it was so fun to see in person because you're right. It is smaller, and I like the, the small size too. It was super cute. And they also did a really cool treatment with the scales around the face. Mm -hmm. So on your base autumn stag, it's more geometric, I guess, for lack of a better word. But around the face on the Horrible Adorables version, they kind of framed it out with kind of a scaly treatment that's kind of cute and fun. Um, so I like that addition. Yeah, it kind of had a little, like a, a little tuft to the face. I loved it. And it's light. It'll be cheap to ship and everything. So anyways... They're trying – this is currently going on. $5. If you go to GoFundMe.com, search Horrible Adorables, it will pop up. I think it's called the Stag Adorable. And for a $5 entry, that will get you one chance at winning it. And it's to win it. You will receive it if your name is pulled at the end of this fundraiser. It's not a chance to purchase it. If your name is pulled, you win it, and it's sent to you. So $5 gets you a chance to win Every $5 will get you a chance to win. So if you donate 100 or 200 or however much, that gets you that many more chances. But if you donate $25, that will get you five chances plus a designer pin that I still have yet to design. Yep. So I had to donate the minimum 25 to get your to-be-determined pin and a chance. <laughs> and I went in here. So I, I was like, I have to have this thing. I mean, I want it so bad. And I think, honestly, a lot of people, I'm seeing most people come in at the 25 level. But then I saw someone come in and like, 200 and these higher amounts and i'm like yeah so i'm yeah. have to go in and add a few more because i really really want it it's, it's so good it's that good i would absolutely go in myself but it'd also be weird if i want it so i don't think i have a chance to get it i i do want it though but um so anyways they're trying to raise three thousand dollars for the wildlife conservation thingy, network network and uh <laughs> this i think this fundraiser is going on till august so you have some time but please, this is a great cause. Uh, you know, we're helping animals here and wildlife. So go to GoFundMe.com, search Horrible Adorables or Stag Adorable, and it should pop up and donate. And for anyone who you know donates, we uh, thank you very much, and best of luck on winning. Yep, it's a win-win. You help animals, you have a chance at an awesome toy and a pin if you do 25 or more. So do it. And while I have you, let's take a brief sponsor break and mention some of our wonderful sponsors. So for all your designer toy needs, wants, and desires, where can they go, Teresa? You've got three lovely choices, right? <laughs> right. We've got uh, the lovely My Plastic Heart. Uh, they have a brick and mortar in New York. Or you can go online, myplasticheart.com. We also have a when Martian. Is there a promo code our listeners can use at myplasticheart.com? You're cutting me off. I was getting there. <laughs> I've been cutting you I, off a lot this episode. I apologize. Yes, you, it's like your favorite thing, and it's driving me bananas, and it's the buck stops here, Mr. <laughs> Ham. But no, they do have a code exclusive to Marsham. It's called ToyFam, T-O-Y-F-A-M. And if you spend $75 or more in the U.S., you get free shipping. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. And then the lovely Strange Cat Toys based in florida they have a lovely bus they drive around there every now and again but if you want to check them out online strangecattoys.com and they also have a exclusive coupon code which is marsham right yep 
And that will give you what? 10% off your entire order. Shabam. And then 3D Retro, our lovely friends out in California. They have a brick and mortar shoot. I'm blanking. Around LA. Burbank adjacent. Yes. Thank you. And then, uh, yeah, you can check them out on 3dretro.com. And one of these days, hopefully, we'll get a code for them, too. (laughs) And for all the (laughs) latest and greatest and to stay on top of Designer Toy News, where can they go? Two lovely locations. Right, Bailey? (laughs) (laughs) We got toychronicle.com. And they also have a sweet app you can download on your phone. Uh, and spankystokes.com. Perfect. All right, let's get back to talking some more Five Points Fest. Okay. Getting back to Five Points Festival, something new they added this year was the ability to get live tattoos done. There's a whole tattoo area. Yes. And when I first heard about this, I'm thinking, that's cool. That kind of goes along with our toy scene. But I didn't know how many people would actually want to get tattoos at the event. Yeah. But from what I saw and heard, it sounds like the tattoo edition was a huge success. I saw several people walking the floor with, I didn't actually see the tattoos themselves because they were covered up, but I saw several people had gotten tattoos done. And then on social media, I saw several people showing off their tattoos and they look fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I popped in at the end of the day on Sunday and I talked to Nicole who was working that area. And yeah, she said that, you know, she felt like there was a tattoo machine pretty much running the entire time of the event. And I actually ran into a couple people who had it and they said that it was a really good experience. And one of them actually, you know, most of them, obviously, you get a tattoo and it's covered because, you know, sanitary, whatever. I don't know all the rules, but someone had the uh, like the covering locks. You could see it and it was a quick one and it was really, really good. I was like, man, like. I was getting poked a little bit because I joked about getting a tattoo at the event. Um, And obviously I didn't. So they're like, where's your tattoo? And I kept joking. I was like, oh, I'll put it on my butt. Like, you just can't see it. But um, (laughs) overall, I think it was well received. And it definitely seems like they're going to keep it going. It seemed like a good fit. And um, one thing that was really cool is when you step in the space, Gary, it actually was almost like its own little world. All the con noise kind of deafened. It, somehow the space you were in, it was kind of this acoustical, tall ceiling thing. And all you heard was kind of the tattoo machines. And outside in the con, you couldn't really hear the tattoo machines running. Hmm. But um, I think the one thing they're learning is that there wasn't a whole lot of privacy for those getting the tattoos done. Because you basically came in, there was a table to look at the options. And then there were the, the tables you sit on to get it done behind it. So anyone walking in and out would be seeing the people just hanging out, getting their tattoos done. So some guy's um, getting a cock tattoo. It's not very private. Uh, uh, wait, is that is that like a thing? What? A tattoo on your penis? I was just trying to think of the most ridiculous scenario. But oh. I know people like to go in there and get butt tattoos and tattoos on the side or boob. Me. And so where maybe someone would want a little more privacy. So you're right. thinking they're going to change that up maybe for next year a little bit more? Yeah, apparently there's a second floor area that can be rented in the Expo Center. And there's different office spaces with like kind of an area that could be good for a sort of a lobby. So I think they're looking into renting out that space above and then they use each office space for an area for someone to get it done. So okay. it's more private. Um, yeah, that's tattoos. And I think the other thing they did a really good job of this year was utilizing the courtyard space. Yeah. So outside the event is this sort of big open area, and they really utilized it. They had 
the live painting event going on again, which I know was really well received. They had food trucks kind of tucked behind in a corner, which was great. They had the beer area. They had picnic tables. People could sit and kind of hang out. And then they had sort of a, a pin yard area. So they had some booths outside as well for different kind of uh, enamel pin booths. So it looked good. I walked out. I actually didn't go out there as much as I thought I would. It was so busy. I barely had time to think about eating or breathing sometimes, but, uh, the event went so fast because every minute was filled with something, but we did have time to go eat and stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing, you know, think the hours were what 10 to six Saturday and 10 to five on Sunday. Yeah. It's hard. I think they're really trying to balance out from a vendor perspective too. you know, long, long days stretching from like eight to seven would be crazy, but, um, maybe that's an area they can consider, you know, if, Maybe just extending it, or maybe like an we hour. Just stop talking as much. I think it's really just on us. I'm sure for most people, as perfectly adequate amount of well, time. That's the thing. I mean, to see the actual event and walk the floor, it's definitely doable in a day, and that's what's great about it. It's a condensed show. It's doable in a day. It's not like where decon is kind of a whole other animal, right? I mean, there's so much to see, and it's just it's hard to cover all that quickly, even in two days. So. That's what's kind of nice about Five Points is it's a condensed, curated amount of stuff that we pretty much relate to all of it. And um, it's doable in a day. But, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe we're just – maybe we just need to be better about utilizing We just need to be muzzled and it'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> I keep drinking water between uh, talking. I'm sort of going to lose my voice again. Um <laughs> So yeah, and I think the other thing I know they did continue this year. Did you get to check out the panels at all? Because I'm really bad about panels. I didn't. I don't even know when I would have done it. Honestly, I really feel like the days went so fast. I don't know when I would have fit in the time for to see a panel. I know there were panels, but I'm with you. I I just I don't know how I could ever swing it. I I so it's hard for me even to know if they're well received. For me, it's just it's panels not are just kind area of area I go to. Like I didn't even right. see it. I know it's in the back of the convention center, but it's not, I don't know. I hear them over the intercom system telling people to go watch the movie or the panels. But yeah, I, I can't say from a press point of view if they are well attended, how they were, what was going on. I, it's just not something you and I make time for. Yeah. I mean, I think I think on the flip side, if, if people enjoy it, and I hope people do, I think that's what's kind of cool about Five Points is they try to do a little bit of everything for everyone. You know, they have the beer garden. I know we don't partake in that, but I know it's very popular. And I feel like on Sunday, I'm going around all these booths and all the vendors are drinking beer. So it's great. You know, everyone's kind of hanging out drinking beer. And I know the the paintings and the tattoos and all that. So they've, they've really kind of been expanding to make it Toys Plus. Um, but yeah, from a panel perspective, it's the one thing that I feel like I can never speak on because I just, I just, it's just never happens for me. No, never. Um, oh, can I just mention one new addition that I really, really liked was the, this really has nothing to do with five points either, but the Pauly Geese pizza slice pl- joint that was across the street, just a new place that opened up on the corner. And we went there for lunch both days. I wanted it for dinner both night because it was so damn good. I've been having dreams about it. So I, I'm craving it now. But, uh, and I know it's probably not great for the food truck business in the courtyard area, but those those trucks were super busy as well. So I don't think they were, they were hindered too much. But I saw tons of vendors and attendees going over and getting a slice and walking around the pizza boxes from Polygies. And the pizza place was so damn good. 
Oh my gosh. It was so good. You walk in and you just, you sniff that air and it's like, Oh, it smells so good, but you're right. And I think part of the reason we headed there the first day is the food truck lines were so long and we're starving. We're like, man, you know, so the food trucks were getting traction and I even tried the mini donuts one day, but uh, yeah, that pizza option was fan-freaking-tastic. And, oh, my God, we got to talk about the hot honey, Gary. The hell boy. The hell boy. So, oh. Listeners, so you this is the – seriously, Andrew Bell lives around the corner from this place, and I'm so jealous that he can probably walk there anytime <laughs> he wants. But oh. the hell boy is just a cheese and pepperoni pizza, but then they drizzle it in hot honey. And holy hell, it was good. Yeah. And you, so I, we went both days, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and the first day I tried it and you did it. And I was like, you have to try this. Like I, I never in a million years would have thought to put honey on pizza, but this works. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you tried it the next day and I actually swear I got so much honey on me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it messed up the power button on my phone because now it sticks. <laughs> there, there was a point for some reason I had to have your phone to take a picture or something. And I do recall there was a little stick to it. <laughs> I'm still trying to clean the honey out, but it's so worth it. Oh my gosh. Best. So, so yeah, I agree. That was so, so good. Yeah. Oh God. All right. We need to move on. So another favorite moment that we were talking, uh, that I saw, actually, I didn't actually see it take place, but I saw it on social media afterwards was Mam Grace brought her nephew ransom and she's the best aunt in the world to this kid. And, um, I think on social media, we've all grown to just love Ransom and Mavs and their relationship. So I was really looking forward to meeting them at her booth on Sunday. But I swung I swung by a few times because I wanted to meet him. But he just looked so exhausted and just tired. Everyone did. And uh, so on social media, right behind Mavs' booth was the Mumbot booth. And apparently Mumbot uh, had a child with her with um, as well on Sunday. And Ransom would go over underneath her table and have, like, a secret hideout play uh, time with uh, her kid under the table. Yeah, so Tara McPherson, Tara McPherson, Mumbot, and Mabs all had kiddos in tow. Okay, yeah. On Sunday. And I I actually showed it to you later because I know you were really wanting to meet Mab and Ransom. And Mab's one of those people that always has people around her chatting and talking. So it's really hard to get with her. But anyway, so you were you were wondering where he was at. And later on, Mumba had posted some Instagram stories. And lo and behold, the little kiddos were hanging out under her booth table playing and drawing. Yeah, they and had so a little they hideout had under there. Yeah, and I had no idea. I wonder if they were there when we were talking to her. That's that's what I'm wondering. Like they could have, I think they were under there while people were coming up and visiting her booth. We could have probably lifted the curtain and seen kiddos under there. But that was so cute. And there was another adorable, and I don't know if he wants to be called adorable. I have no idea who he is. But Five Points was really good about posting. And I know you're weird about Instagram stories. You're kind of like, eh. But I love them. And Five Points was posting, you know, anytime someone hashtagged or used Five Points in their story, they were reposting to their account. And so, you know, every morning or so on, I would flip through them and try to catch up. And I came across this really adorable one. There's this kid called Aiden. It's M Raiden. Okay, M R Aiden PR on Instagram. This cute little boy. And he was doing like a little Instagram story of like, hey, you all, I'm walking into Five Points now. I'll let you know what it's like. And 
And then he came out and was like, yeah, we have five points. And he picked up a skateboard and then was showing using the skateboard for the first time. But it was flipping adorable. It was. You showed it's, me that later that night and I watched it. And it was really cute. Watching it was so someone cute. someone of his age go in and experience designer toys for the first time. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I always love cute kiddo moments. Should we go and move on to the wonderful DTAs? Yeah, so the ninth annual Designer Toy Awards took place the Saturday night after Five Points Festival. It took place about two hours afterwards, so you still had time to go get dinner and hang out with friends before you head to the event. And you could walk there. It was about a five-minute walk from the event. It was held at the Brooklyn Bazaar. And yes, so Teresa, this was the ninth year. And I have to say, I probably attended maybe seven of them. And I truly believe this was the best event they've done yet yeah i think the changes they they made some changes and this is something every year we've been doing this podcast for over three years now this is the third time we're talking about it and every we year, pick on it don't we've, we we've always had some constructive criticism we've always had something to say it's too loud no one's paying attention you can't see the stage and so we've had suggestions and i don't know if they've taken our suggestions or not but clever this year they nailed it i we talked for yeah two hours of people we went back to the uh, airbnb and we just sat and talked about the event and everyone i talked to no one really had anything negative to say like everyone was super impressed it moved along yeah sean letter hosted it this year and i believe he was the same guy who hosted the very first event but he knows his scene and he did a great job at hosting once again yeah sean no i i you know you have experienced seeing a lot more than me. I don't have as much, but I have to say for the few I've attended, I really did enjoy this year's. I thought, like you said, Sean was a fantastic host. Um, he was very personable and very nice and very sweet. Um, and it felt very organized. You know, we actually were picked to help present. And so ahead of time, we were given scripts and they also gave us timing. So then we knew what category was going to be done before us. We knew we needed to be, we were supposed to be up there waiting when that was being presented. They actually had a little waiting area, like a little tent you'd go in and kind of hang out before. And then they'd announce you and you'd kind of walk out, which was kind of cool and official. Um, but yeah, like they, they kind of just felt timing was on. They were moving things along. Everyone was seemed to be listening and watching. They they cut out the the weird beatboxing intermission, which... <laughs> yes, that, that was one of the nice changes they made this year. They just kept them moving along. There was no like intermission that just stopped the event. Everyone, I think everyone there just kind of wants to keep it moving along. And uh, so that was a nice change. Another one, like you mentioned, yeah. was just having the scripts in hand. That allowed a lot of us to kind of pre-read through it get uh figure out how to pronounce things i saw a couple people presenters walking the floor before the event at uh, five points fest and they'd walk up to us and hey how do you pronounce this name so that really helped people and because really there's only a few people that are good at presenting like just going up there and just doing it off the cuff suck lord skinner even sean like but most of us are a little timid to go up there and present in front of a live audience. So that was nice. But another great change that they made was they had a seating area. It was a small seating area, but they had a seating area. And that allowed people on the outskirts and the back of the place to be able to see over the seated area and actually see people and what's going on on stage and on the screen. That was a nice change. Yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't obviously enough seating for everyone. So if you got there kind of at the beginning, you had a chance for it. We got there and it was all taken, but yeah, I agree with the visibility piece that by, instead of having just crowd start at the front and work back, it cleared up area to really see the stage a lot better. 
So, yeah, I think it was overall really well done. And and your mention about the scripts, my God, did it come in handy for me. Because you so, fell off. So, okay, prior Designer Toy Awards, obviously, they reached out and were like, hey, do you want to present? And I was super excited, right? I was like, yes, let's do this. Last year, I was supposed to do it, but I had travel problems. I showed up super late, totally missed it. And I was like, yeah, this will be fun. You know, I figured no big deal. We talk on the podcast all the time. I talk to people around the events. What's, you know, I can do this. And for some reason, the realization of the stage and the crowd and being in a spotlight, I don't know, it just hit me. And my introverted, don't like to do public speaking side of me came out in full swing. I mean, I was nervous. So didn't help that I had to pee. You were drinking like water constantly. You had gone to the bathroom two times during the event. And then we were scheduled to go up there and I, we didn't know exactly, we knew the category before us, but we didn't know the full list of, of categories. So I'm like, Teresa, I feel like ours is going to be a little later. So if you've got to go to the bathroom, you go right. now so- in the set. Within about three minutes of you being gone, right? the category that was before us pops yeah. up. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, so, so I head over to the, what is it, the holding area or the? Yeah, you went into like the tent area. So I, okay, so one of the things that always happens to me is I always get so sick. And most of it's my throat. And so I thought if I hydrated a lot better on this trip, I'd be better off. And so I was trying to drink a crap ton of water. And at the event, they actually had free water. So thank you, Clutter. Uh, And I just kept going over it, like refilling and refilling and refilling and refilling. And I peed when we came in. And then, yeah, I had to pee again from all this water. And I figured, okay, I've got at least, they're on one. So I've got at least the one they're on plus one before us. If we're next, I'll have time. But the event expo is not just us. It's also like a venue and a bar. So when I went down to the bathroom, there was a bit of a line. So I wait and I go. And then all of a sudden, as I'm leaving, someone helping with the event is running down the stairs and like, you're next, you're next. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, (laughs) you know, I'm running up the steps, running to the holding area. And then it's like it hits me. And I'm waiting in that tent with you. And I look at you, deer in the headlights. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, Gary. And Miranda's back there trying to say, like, these are your people. This is fine. But I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Miranda was extreme. She was great with you. She calmed you down. She, like, talked you through it and helped you just get over the nerves a little bit. Because we did not do what we intended. We thought we would go up there and banter and kind of do what we do on the podcast a little bit. But you were uh, very in your head. But I think next time, instead of drinking so much damn water, you must have had 10, 12 cups of water. Like, maybe have a little alcohol. You know, I think if I had a few drinks in me, it would have been better. You'd be up on stage twerking. Oh, God, no. I would not be up on stage twerking. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I am still glad I'm, I did it. It's just in the moment it, it got the best of me. And I have to say, thank God for that script. And, of course, clutter being clutter. And they all know that group, that gang, knows I don't like cussing. So... Gary Ronzanski was the one kind of going around and handing out the stuff at the event that day. And when he handed it to me, he's like, you know, this is your script. You need to read it. And so, you know, I've never presented. I'm like, I want to do this right. So I'm going to read what they sent me. So I'm like, okay, I'll read this thing. And then later in the day, I read it and they put the F-bomb in there. And I realized they did it to poke fun at me and try to get me to curse. And so I'm like, God 
darn it, what are y'all doing to me? But I was really good. So I get up there and read in my paper and I get to the part and I said it for them. So you're welcome. Got an F on that. <laughs> I love that you won't even say it now. I hate it. I was actually talking to Travis about this. Like shit is kind of the new, like shit is kind of passed around. It's like saying stupid or shucks or shoot or whatever, but like bitch and fuck, like those sound <laughs> Don't sound so derogatory. <laughs> so, they're so like shit's just shit. I don't mind saying that, but the other ones they just feel so dirty. <laughs> and one of the things I got you, you're a real good sport about being teased. And you know, a lot of people who listen to the show, they know that you don't like to say these words, or you don't like certain things, or penis or whatever. So I bought you a shirt before the event, and I made you wear it, and you didn't know what it was going to be, and it was a shirt from uh, Science Patrol's Corey, and it was just, it's the, you know the type font for the Peanuts, the car, you know, the comic strip Peanuts. It's Peanuts, but it's missing the T, so it just says Peanuts, yeah. and it's a great shirt, and I brought that for you to wear, and you being the good sport that you are, you wore it all day Saturday on the floor, and then you wore it to the DTAs. I don't know how many people noticed the shirt, because you were wearing your purse with the strap, and you had the, the badge of the, yeah. uh, the badge on, so I really don't think anyone noticed it, but, but yeah. uh, you were a good sport about and it. And you know what? It's actually a really nice shirt. It's I like the color. It's gray, and it was soft. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll wear this, and actually, you know, I'll wear a walk around Bailey or something around the neighborhood. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what my. <laughs> it's. A, I love that shirt. I should have bought one for myself, but I didn't. I only bought one. Well, for too bad for you. But yeah, again, no. no one wants to hear about our story. So let's get back to the designer toy awards, and we're not going to go through and list all the winners. It just takes too long. Yeah. We've learned. We've experienced it from the past years. If you want to see the list, we've put them on our Facebook group. Uh, you've probably seen a lot of winners in social media and stuff. So, Teresa, what about the DTAs and the okay. winners should we talk about? So we can't not talk about our category. So Best Media, Toy Chronicle took it. And huge congratulations to Gary and Andy and everyone else on that team. But I have to say, so that was the very first uh, award category. And it was really fun watching Gary get up there. He cracked me up out of his back pocket. He pulls out a beer, pulls the tab, starts drinking it. Everyone's cheering. But he also got really emotional. I mean, he was in a really heartfelt yeah. speech and he gave us love. I yelled, I love you back. But, you know, it's obviously we've, we've all got love between us on the media side. I love what they do. They've always loved what we do. And so major kudos to them. But it was really fun listening to talk about, you know, Toy Chronicle coming up, becoming a thing. Never thought they could win three years in a row, and here they are. And, you know, threw a lot of kudos out to every one of us who does media stuff. So gave me some warm and fuzzies, too. So thank you, Gary. We love you. And Speak for yourself. I do not love him. I wanted that award, too. It was vinyl this year. It was a new thing. They've never done it in vinyl before. It's always been resin. So yeah. I wanted that award. But I also knew that we had no chance in hell on getting it because the Toy Chronicle is – just that good. I knew they were going to th- three-peat. So, Gary, I do love you. Gary, Andy, everyone else involved with the Toy Chronicle, congratulations on your win. Uh, very much deserved. Um, but I thought that Gary's speech up at the podium, it was a nice kickoff to the event because he was emotional. And hearing what he had to say and just knowing how much work and effort it takes to run the blog and how much this toy community means to him, it, it got me a little verklempt just hearing it. Yeah, my throat was hurting. My eyes were welling up. So that was nice to see. But I also want to point out, all the finalists in Best Media and all the other categories, everyone is deserving of the award, but there has to be one winner. And um, But we all play a role in this toy community and family, and we love everyone, and that's why we can never campaign against anyone for this award. 
we're just celebrating uh, toys and artists and everyone involved in this community. And then unfortunately, only one person can take home that Kick-Ass Award. But uh, we love everyone, and congrats to all the winners. Yeah, we love you. We love you, TTC. We love all y'all. All y'all medias. Everyone in the scene. We love our family. But yeah, so what else? Uh, I think one surprising one for me, exciting, um, was Doc A winning the Artist of the Year Award. That was awesome. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, a long time coming. Uh, Dr. A, Bruce Whistlecraft, he's always been, he's top, top, top tier of uh, skill sets and talent. Yeah. Just, just not all around nice guy. So here his name was awesome. Actually, Yaniv was standing in front of me when Dr. A's yeah. name was mentioned. Yaniv, like, jumped off the floor like Mario, five feet off the floor, fist pumping. He was happy. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's so, so hard. I mean, I know we talked about it back when we were first seeing the nominations. This just seemed like a crazy year. I mean, every name on the list, every toy out there is like, man, how are they going to pick? So very excited to see Doc A. I think he had a hell of a year. I mean, he's been producing all sorts of stuff. So yay, major kudos. Very excited. So that was a- He always does. He's always super consistent. So yeah, definitely nice to see him recognize. And, and then earlier in the, uh, the uh, podcast, I was talking about how, Martian Toys, their, their tagline is the future is Martian. And well, Martian Toys had a great year at the Desire Toy Awards. They won, how many did they win? Three or four awards? I mean, I know they won Best Production Sculpt for Mr. Self Indulgence. Yep. They won Toy of the Year Fan for Mr. Self Indulgence. And then they had a couple of productions with no. Quicks that won as well. It was actually, so they won Toy of the Year Panel for Self Indulgence. And then oh, okay. the Quicks Ravager won Toy of the Year Fan. So. They were connected to three wow. of those. Quicks was obviously connected to the Ravager, and Quicks won Artist of the Year fan. So yeah, wow, it's crazy and very. Yeah, congrats to that. I mean, I remember right. Remember when we were on, I we did that episode, and we were actually just off the cuff did an episode, I think, and we're looking at our Instagram feeds, and we saw self indulgence, the reveal of it, at the same time. And I remember you saying this could win you know, a, to- a toy of the year award and it did. Yeah, it did. So yeah, yeah they had all, so they so. had four between quicks and Martian toys. They had four new DTA trophies hanging out at their booth on Sunday. So there was another company that won a couple of awards. It's not, a, it's a new company, but they're not new to the scene. So super plastic ran by Huck G and Paul Budnitz. They uh, won two awards. One we presented for, which was best mini series. And that was janky series one. And Huck came up on stage and he accepted the award for that. And then later in the evening, Super Plastic also won again for the best vinyl and plastic for Pete Fowler's Max Cash. Yep. Yeah. I mean, overall, it was, I mean, it was hard. It was exciting. I think the other thing that was exciting for me is the breakthrough artist category. And um, it was Pucky. I remember talking about Pucky and all the different blind boxes coming out through Pop Mart and how they were spitting them out. And it was like, oh, my God, the pool babies. Even you were into that. I mean, I it was crazy. And so to see Pucky win Breakthrough Artist was really exciting. And that's the category that gets a production dunny. So that means a Pucky dunny will be coming, which is sounds really, really cool and be a fun little crossover. So. I'm excited. Yes, congrats, Pucky. You know, that was such a tight category. I really didn't know who was going to win that one, but excited that you won and looking forward to see uh, what you do for the Dunny. And speaking of the breakthrough Dunny that the Breakthrough Artist gets to do, 
last year Sad Salesman won, and we have not seen what his Dunny is yet. You'd think it would release at Five Points Fest since it's pretty much a year later, but uh, that's still to come. But one thing I did see that Sad Salesman released at the event was his new toy produced with Clutter is the Symbiosis toy. And this thing I've been, look forward to, have been looking forward to since DesignerCon. It is freaking awesome. It's The packaging is awesome. The toy is awesome. It's creative. It's probably about an 8 to 10 inch figure. It's like a Sasquatch character with three interchangeable, not necessarily head, but like three different Sad Salesman creatures can be swapped out for the head. And so it has some playability. And I love, 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 love this toy. I picked it up and... Uh, yeah, I just I know it's a deter from ETAs, but I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I mean that was something that we got to see a peek at at Decon with the prototype, and yeah, it finally came to life. So congrats, Eric! It's really really fun. I'm gonna make a bold prediction and think I think Symbiosis might, is gonna win an award next year. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. calling it? I don't know in what category. I'm not gonna say it might be best vinyl and plastic or best toy of the year, but I don't know. But I I think that one is going to be a strong front runner. Well, speaking about predictions, because I'm terrible at them, but related to DTAs, uh, one of the things we do every year is our DTA prediction poll. And uh, we should probably go ahead and reveal the winner. So out of 19 categories, only one person had 10 correct guesses. Second place had eight. Wow. And the winner is... Kyle Kerwin. No way! Out of 19. Yep. Very nice. Do you know how many I got? Oh, let me see. You got... I like how your name is You Know Me. Is that not even a name? <laughs> Line 18. Yeah, you came in second place with eight. Nice! But there were, there were several people tied with you. I know Vin of My Plastic Heart was also eight. I was tied with you at eight. Okay, see? But most people, I would say our, the average guess correctly was probably closer to five. It was this was a hard. really tough year. Yeah. But I, okay, I feel good though. Like I feel, I feel a little bit validated that I'm, that I'm kind of reading the scene pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah. so congrats, Kyle. We have a nice prize package for you. We have uh, several different options of toys and stuff that you can select from. So reach out to us and we will get out your prize package to you. And usually when we do this, we like to compare the actual DTA result to the prediction poll, but we don't have time for that. So we actually posted all of that on our Marsham Toy Hour Facebook group. So if that interested you, head over to the group and check it out. Yeah. But um, I want to know real quick, how did our previous year winner, Jordan of Horrible Adorables, did she uh, stay uh, strong with A or did she flop? She, she had a little bit of a reduction. She came in at Jordan. I'm sorry to call you out, but you're line 36. You had six correct. Wah, behind the wah, wah. It was hard though. Hey, she was above the average of five. Sorry, Jordan. Had to know. And another thing we had going on in our Facebook group was they tried to predict the final backer amount for the Super Plastic Janky Series 2 Kickstarter. And that wrapped up last week, and now we know it ended at $469,093. If you went over, you were immediately disqualified. And technically, the closest was Squeak with a guess of $424,000. However... We are going to have to uh, politely disqualify Squink because we forgot to close the comment thread. And he guessed several weeks later, kind of giving him an unfair advantage. So 
we're going to end up uh, disqualifying Squeak and giving it to Brian Chen, who had a guess of 365000 So congratulations, Brian, and we will contact you for your prize. Congrats, Brian. Brian was actually at five points. He came for Saturday and ran into me. So good seeing you, Brian. Congrats. So we'll have to get another prize package together. We'll have to keep doing fun little giveaways. And I think the next thing, you know, obviously we'll keep posting, but I definitely want to get up that sort of new uh, ask the community type of thing with Mumbot. So I'll get that posted up to the group shortly. I think today was supposed to be my kind of catch up decompress day and I haven't really had a chance to decompress. My hall pile is all over my floor downstairs, Gary. It is such a mess. I know I sent you a picture of Bailey sitting in between it all. <laughs> it looks like a tornado. The, but uh, The thing about you, Trace, is you don't buy anything like over four inches. So you, it doesn't look like you have a lot of stuff, but you probably bought like 50 things. But when you spread them out on the floor, it just, it doesn't equate to much because it's all so tiny. Yeah, it's a lot. I went crazy. But, but yeah, so I've got to, once we, uh, I think we need a few more days maybe to decompress once we get through that, yeah, we'll start getting some uh, new posts up. And I know you're getting ready to uh, move, so that's going to make your life a little crazy. So our schedule might be off a little bit while you're working through all that. Yeah, things might get a little screwy. We're in deep packing mode here at the house, and then when we move in mid-March. So our record schedule might change a little bit, maybe a little of a summer break for June. But as far as the um, stomping ground, that should keep on trucking. Yeah, but we'll still be around. We'll, we'll get stuff rolling. And yeah, we, uh, I don't know if you mentioned, but uh, I have the keys to our Instagram now. <laughs> so let's share the story of how you scolded me on the walk to breakfast on Monday morning. Because on Sunday, I gave you the login credentials for our Marsh Jam Instagram account so you can shoot the live video and everything. And apparently through that, you discovered how terribly I've been managing our social media. You realize I'm not really looking at many DM requests. I'm not looking at looking at IG stories and resharing and all that sort of stuff. So you laid into me. You scolded me on this on, on Monday morning. I was like, okay, fine. So from this point on, Teresa has been given the keys and is going to be the queen of our social media. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll still be there, but... Yeah, I'll still comment and post and stuff, but I'm not going to manage it anymore. Yeah, so I got the keys, so I'll be in there perusing around, which I'm excited about. Can I just say, though, so you always say, like, you get so much joy out of my toy stress. Oh, I love Can it. Can I just yeah. say I get so much joy out of watching you attempt to use technology? Because, <laughs> my goodness, like, just like you trying to understand Instagram and stories and, like, we we're going to – so you were going to go do a live video. And I was like, I'll just let you go. But you're like, no, no, no. Like, I need you here to show me, like, what buttons to push. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm like, push this to start it. <laughs> push this to stop it. Push this to save it. But it's, it's crazy to me watching you try to use it. And the best part was at the Designer Toy Awards. So we're okay. we're hanging out. We actually didn't even mention this. So we found out that the the – Trophies were made out of vinyl this year. So you remember how? That's Clutter, right. Yeah. So Clutter yes. on their preview were like, we did something new this year. You'll have to wait and see. And they decided to transition to vinyl for the Pete Fowler mascot. And it's articulated and everything. So like the antlers move and the arms move. And I was like, oh, I want to get a boomerang. I want to shoot a shot of someone like fiddling with the trophy. But it was dark in there. And so I said, hey, Gary, turn on your flashlight. And you look at me like, 
a, a deer in headlights like crazy. I'm like, I don't have a flashlight. Have, and I'm like, you have one on your phone. You're like, what are you talking about? And lo and behold, you had no idea that you're self okay with a flashlight. And it was probably my favorite technology. <laughs> <laughs> it was so embarrassing because we were there in front of Jack of Vinyl Pulse and Vin and Andrew Bell and yourself and Everyone could not believe I had no idea you can do a downward swipe up and there's a whole other area of flashlights and other things. I really, me and technology, just, I just do not pay enough attention to this stuff. You don't, but it's okay. I love you for it. So yeah. You get, you get a kick out of it, certainly. I do. But uh, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, you can kick back at me. I obviously had my moments as well. I know you mentioned my crazy McDonald's run and my God, I have you partly to blame though. So we were... Like hanging back at your Airbnb, I stopped by because my hotel was like 20 plus minute walk away and we were between the show and DTAs. And, um, but I get hangry. So <laughs> last yeah, year, you get scary when you get hangry. I get, I just get so hungry and I know what's coming on. And last year, I couldn't stop it because we were going around on some crazy adventure and we ate way too late and I got so hangry and I felt it coming on. I'm like, I'm tired, I'm hot. I need food. I need food in my system. So everyone's hanging around trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, look, I got to go. And I had this weird craving for McDonald's French fries. I was like, that really sounds good. And I knew there was one right around the corner because it was near where we had gone to breakfast. And so I was like, I'll just run. Let me just run out. Y'all keep talking, figure out where we want to go for dinner. And I'll just grab some fries, get a little snack, get a little food in my system, feel better. And you were like, you know where you're going, right? Just go. And I heard you say, go right, right, right which means right out of the building, right down the next street, right down the other. And so I figured no no, read to, no need to pull it up on my phone, do a GPS, it's right around the corner, I'll just follow his direction. So I say bye and head on my way, do my right, 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 and I'm walking and walking and walking, and I'm like, this is weird. I didn't feel like it was this far, but, you know, I we we're talking about directions, and I'm like, I'm trusting, and, you know, I, you know, I'll just keep going, and I keep walking and walking and walking. I'm like, okay. I have been walking for like 15 minutes solid. Where is this McDonald's? And finally I messaged you and I'm like, I think I'm lost. Like, where am I? Why is this taking so long? And that's when you're like, I said, right, right, left. I was like, what? No, you didn't. So I find out that I've been walking the completely wrong direction. God knows how many. I, I honestly do not understand how your sense of direction is so God awful. <laughs> It is horrendous. Like it's you knew the night of the DTAs we walked right past that McDonald's and the next morning we walked past it. And you know it was like a short three, right. five it minute walk okay. from the Airbnb. You knew it was a short distance. And so why you kept walking for fifteen minutes in the completely opposite direction, I have no idea. You 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 absolutely baffle me. But it's your so state of hangriness, Teresa, oh my God, like you almost shut down completely on Sunday night. You just like, I'm going to go get McDonald's. I'm hungry. I'm not going to wait. And so we, we all stayed back at the Airbnd and talked about where we're going to eat. And you just left because you just wanted to get something. I had to get food. I had system. to get food. And I knew because I was like, I'm going to get worse and worse. And while I was like, look Yeah, because when you got to the McDonald's, you must have been so hangry that you texted again, basically just saying, you know what? I'm just going to eat a full meal here and then just go back to the hotel and spend the night by myself. And I'm thinking, no, this is our last night for everyone to hang out and have fun. But yeah. once you got some fries in your system, you turned it around, you came back and you hung out and we had a fun night. 
It was, oh my gosh, it was an adventure of a lifetime. And I was like determined. So finally I turned around. Oh my God. So I turn around and this person on the street goes, oh, like, what did she say? Like, nice to see you again. Yeah. That, like that. It was so awkward because I, and I ignored it. Cause I was like, I'm not going to call myself out on that. But yeah, like I full on did a, you know, 180 started walking back the other way, but I was, I was determined. I think I had been gone for, I don't know, at least a half hour at that point, but I was like, gosh, darn it. I'm getting these fries. And so I get back to the street. Finally, I recognize the street I'm on and I go past the right direction, find the McDonald's, go in, get my fries. And of course, freaking doors in New York. I don't know why, but there's always only one door lock, like open, the other door locked. Sometimes they only are open yeah, the outside. So I'm the weirdo like sitting and trying to figure out if it's push or pull, which door is unlocked and get in. I go to turn around and leave the same way and I'm trapped in the atrium because the doors are in enter only. So I have to take my fries, turn around and awkwardly walk past everyone again to find another door to get out. But anyway, I do that. I see a 7-Eleven on the way. I go in and grab a Snickers and a Gatorade. I come back though. I happily numb all that down and man, I was cool as a cucumber. I was good, good to go. No more hangry is all I needed. Oh, we never took our obligatory picture of the trash. Oh, I got one. Of who? We, I wasn't in the trash. You weren't in the trash. So you yeah. had to leave before me on Monday. So we both flew out Monday and I went and hung out with a friend after you left. And when we were walking over to the uh, park with kind of the water, there was a trash pile. Okay, but I was not sitting in the trash this time. No. That's what but, I'm talking about. We didn't get that shot. I know, and we actually talked about that for Jess. I don't miss the Brooklyn smells. It's when you're walking to the convention center, there is a mixture of piss, <laughs> pot, garbage, and like poop. Missed that one. Uh, there's a couple whiffs of poop, maybe. I don't know. Do you remember when you stepped it's in interesting something? Interesting smells. Do you remember I stepped you in something. It might have been shit. It might have been shit. And I'm like running over, dipping my shoe in some you were, puddles you and were stuff. To rubbing my feet in like the grass. <laughs> oh my god, you but you you must have a very sensitive nose, or I just have really bad allergies. Constant you're like, oh my god, that smell. And I'm like, Well, it's... what they say is I'm hard of hearing and I wasn't wearing my hearing aids, so it's like they always say one of your other senses kicks in and takes over where you're you know deficient in other areas. And I think that's my sense of smell. But yeah, you're right. I don't think the uh, the, the smells and the, the trash sightings are probably not my favorite. But that's just New York. It's city life. And yeah, we'll have to uh, next year. We'll do two trash picks just for Jess. Double. Holy smokes. We're running long. We got to wrap this up. OK, I have one more small story and you can put it at the beginning if you want the. OK, so we flew in. Right. And I'm coming off the plane. You know how I always, always talk about there's no collectors I know in New York. Or sorry, there's no collectors I know in Kentucky, right? I kind of live in a bubble here. But I'm getting off the plane. So I took an 8 p.m. flight out of LaGuardia uh, to Louisville. And I get off. I'm getting off my flight. I'm getting ready to walk. And all of a sudden in front of me, I see a guy wearing a shirt. It's a blue shirt. And it says, five points, Brooklyn, New York. All other galleries suck, which was cracking me up. But I was like, that guy's wearing a five-point shirt. Who is he? But he was walking so dang fast, and I could only see his back. I see that his legs and arms are covered in tattoos, kind of a stocky guy. But I was like, who is this guy who collects toys in Kentucky? I need to know who you are. Like, And so if for some reason 
you listen to this podcast and you know who you are, you need to reach out. We should connect. I really want to know. Who is this mystery you know? man? No. So here's the funny thing. I'm walking off the plane. One, he's ahead of me and he's walking really fast. And I was like, oh, maybe I can catch up with him at baggage claim. Maybe he needs a bag. But then I randomly see someone else I know from my neighborhood sitting and waiting for someone off a flight. And he kind of waved and grabbed me. So I ended up pulling aside, pulled aside to talk to him for a bit. So by the time I finished up that conversation and got downstairs, he was gone. So mystery man, I have no idea who he is. What are the chances of this happening? I'm curious. I hope this pans out. Reach out. Let us know. And then we can share it on the next episode. All right. So if you, if you, if you blue shirt man happen to listen, hit me up. Let's say hi. Yeah. All right. Good story. Let's wrap this up. So take a brief moment and let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. Well, I'll just say yay for five points. It was awesome. I'm going to take a million naps, but it was fun. And yeah, if you all want to check me out, find me on Instagram, tmhawk24. Yeah. And uh, again, congratulations to all the DTA winners. Clutter, you hosted an amazing event. Awesome. Looking forward to the next year. But if you want to find me, you can find me at GaryHam on Instagram or SuperHam.com. You have been listening to the Marsham Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to. But because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye.